0: Hello and welcome. My name is Maitreya Wolf and this is the Art of Soulful Living podcast. Here we will explore the many-faceted phenomenon of life with a capital L as a way of cultivating our consciousness and deepening ever more into the realm of soul. Story, song, poetry, curiosity, inquiry and more will be our mode of travel and I will guide our voyages in these holy moments of time together. I'm so grateful that you're here. So to begin, let's take a nice, long, slow, deep breath. As you inhale, come fully into your body and fully into this moment. And as you exhale, ground fully into your body and fully into this moment. Let your whole being come into a place of curiosity and receptivity and open your consciousness into exploration mode. My friends, we are set to embark. Are you ready? Here we go. Integrating the underworld and a teeny little foray into the realm of initiation will be the territory of our exploration tonight, my friends. 14 years ago, I experienced a long, drawn-out drama that culminated in a concise trauma that shattered me on every level. And that was the beginning of my initiation into the fullness of my being. Endeavoring into the realm of initiation as a Westerner is an interesting concept because initiation in traditional cultures is a traditional spiritual practice that is carried out by successive generations of people who have been through the same initiatory practice. And being that the West is an utterly shattered social structure, and not an intact culture. We don't have an intact container like that anymore. We don't have those traditions anymore. And in its absence, what we have is the potential to engage with the slings and arrows of our personal outrageous fortunes through an initiatory Lens with our own initiatory intent. And what I mean by that is this, is that life, embodied life on the earth, is, as we all know, tremendously gorgeous and tremendously difficult. There is an extraordinary beauty in it, and there is a ravaging and devastating pain in it. And there is everything in between. So, as Westerners, and by that I mean as North American Westerners, because that's the only thing I can speak authoritatively about, in the absence of an intact cultural container, we have to engage our own experiences with initiatory intent. And I look at my experience as life and the great mystery going to great lengths to confront me in every place where I was living against my own nature for the sake of bringing me into alignment with my own nature and in that way initiating me into the fullness of my humanity and the authentic essence of my soul. And I feel utterly blessed by the journey. Even though it was very difficult for a very long time, because I personally endeavored through my initiation on a path through the underworld. Initiation in traditional cultures usually had something to do with a, a controlled and ritualized meeting with death. And the mystery, something that could rattle a person out of their fixed sense of self and their fixed understanding of the world and into a greater order of understanding and a, and a greater order of their own soul's depth and radiance, which is what's happened in my own life, and it's exquisitely beautiful, and I'm immensely grateful for it. And I worked hard for it and life served me up over and over and over and over and over again opportunities to do this and then the opportunity to complete it arose as well. So the whole journey has been extraordinary, and it's a story I will share with you more deeply at another time. But for now, let's dive into integrating the underworld, because I feel this is one of the more important things to turn our attention to as modern Americans and as participants in alternative social cultures in the making. I wouldn't say we're culture yet we aspire but those roots take a long time to sink into the soil and right now even finding soil for those roots is its own work but i digress there is a body of work known generally as shadow work whose intent is to support people in turning towards what's generally referred to as their shadow side to encounter that part of themselves to Reclaim what has been trapped or lost there and to heal. Heal what's wounded there. Heal what's in exile there. Heal what is uh, contorted and damaged or deranged in there. And that's beautiful. I really deeply value shadow work. And I also see frequently that... People go into it without the understanding that their hidden agenda is to heal the material. I'm doing finger quotes (laughs) to heal the material as a way to erase the material. They don't want it. They don't want what they see there. They don't like it. They're willing to go there on the condition that if they do the work if they do whatever they're supposed to do in that shadow work that material will be gone after that and i personally approach shadow work differently and that's why i call it integrating the underworld because i look at our underworld selves and our underworld material as a midnight forest I am a lover of the night and the dark I love to go into the body of the wild in the dark and become silent enough for that darkness to permeate me with its medicine and its magic for me it's not frightening it's deeply deeply gorgeous and there are dangers there of course but I do not reject them on principle which I feel most people do with the wild and with themselves. I relate to our shadows and our own darkness the way I relate to the wild in the dark. As beautiful, as something vital and important that I want to know and be in relationship with. The difference here is that I seek to integrate that material. I seek to know those elements and aspects of myself that terrain in my own being so that I can enjoy its beauty for one thing and so that I can harness its power for another and so that I can be responsible for the dangerous and painful aspects of it when they inevitably arise in the course of my life, because they will. They're a part of me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just utterly imperative that I'm responsible for those parts of myself. So here, let me share with you a story to illustrate a bit where I'm going with this. I had a lover for a while last summer, and it was lovely until he lied to me about something. And we got through that thing and and continued to see each other. And then later it came up that he had lied to me about the same thing uh, continually. And at that point, I just completely lost my temper and allowed my rage to emerge undiluted and directed at him. And um, I have no problem with that. But what happened over time was that he was trying to take responsibility for himself. He was trying to do right. And I wouldn't let it Come to resolution. I was, if you've listened to my podcast about uh, conflict and predictable consequences, I was playing out uh, what I described there as the victim blamer complex. I was sitting in, in a position of dominance insisting that he had done me wrong. And every time we, we crested towards resolution, I would circle back around to the wound and dig the knife in again. And one night we were sitting there, we were talking about it again, and he got really exasperated and upset, which was unusual for him. He's very equanimous. And something about that, I was I was deep in that mode of of just holding the wound open in the most negative way I could and he got upset and something about that snapped through my trauma loop that was playing out the mode and all of a sudden I just said there's nothing you can do I don't want resolution for this situation I'm not trying to find a path to resolution I'm just trying to get power over you by, by continuing to pry open and be attached to the wound and the trespass. There's nothing you can do. I'm just, I'm just sucking power out of your heart right now. And he and I had a pretty magical bond. So when that happened, it wasn't an intellectual thing that was happening. It was a visceral Thing that was happening and all of a sudden an entire unwinding process began to happen in my body and I began to to tremble and I was like flushed with heat and lightheaded and dizzy and something old and deep in me was suddenly starting to unravel. It was deeply magical and it was deeply difficult. And the capacity that existed there, the capacity for in the moment taking responsibility for myself, changing a habit and process in the moment is only possible because of the depths of my work in my own underworld consistently over long periods of time. And the result of that moment was a return of power to my to my center, to my essential nature, a return of life-giving power that had been bound up in a life-denying mode of habit. And it was an extraordinary feeling to feel that life force begin to flow again when that not released. I've had one... Conversation since then where i was able to take hold of myself in the midst of that same pattern with another friend and utterly transform the nature of our conversation by doing that in no uncertain terms it saved our friendship it's hard to to own it and to be witnessed in it but the more i do the better it gets, the better I feel. I don't feel ashamed for the presence of that part of my being. I don't feel ashamed for that pattern or that darkness, quote unquote. I feel proud of myself that I am able to know it and name it and take responsibility for it effectively in myself and in my relations. And that is the gift of integrating the underworld. Most of us would prefer to live in the light. That's a really common concept. You know, to be a light bearer, a light worker, a body of light, to live in the light, to shine the light. Light, 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 light. It's all light, 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 light. I saw a sticker once that just just made me shake my head that says darkness exists so that light can be experienced. And I just thought how utterly limited an understanding, that is, of the reality of darkness. You know, this obsession for light. I call light supremacy, and I honestly feel that it is part and parcel with white supremacy. In spiritual communities. You know, these are manifestations of exalting one facet of experience over another, as if one is valuable, worthy, and good and another is worthless, wrong, and bad. And this is a terrible misunderstanding that does no end of damage in our lives. The corruption of the understanding of the binary principle of experience in our own consciousness means that we perceive binary pairs as opposites with inherent values ascribed to one side and the other. It's an othering practice. One side gets to be better than the other, but those value judgments have nothing to do with the inherent essence of the pairs themselves. Those binary pairs are mates on either side of a spectrum of experience. And they only exist in relation to each other. This is something I cannot overemphasize for all my light-hungry friends out there. Your darkness is the rest of who you are. It's important and beautiful. And yes, there is, you know, there's ugly material in there. There's ugly material in your light body too. One is not more pristine than the other. That's an illusion the relationship of those things, the balance and integration of those things is what makes you whole, and it's what makes you powerful. I know this from experience, and you know it however you know it. So remember this. Life-giving power is only possible through integrating the totality of your being. Because when we deny, reject, and exile elements of ourselves, those elements, for one thing, they're, they take a part of our life force with them into exile. And for another thing, they start to go feral. And feral is not the same thing as wild. Wild. Feral is something that doesn't have a place in the world. Feral is something that is... uh, Stephen Jenkinson puts it that feral is failed domestication. So something ends up strung between two fields of being. It's not wild. It doesn't have the dignity or sovereignty or belonging of wildness anymore. And it doesn't have the... the, Mm -hmm the complacency and the the conditioning to sit in the field of domestication anymore. It's in this bardo state between those two poles and it doesn't belong anywhere and it's crazed because of it. Be clear on this, please. This is the consequence of exiling parts of yourself. They become crazed and they become dangerous. I have been with numerous people in various situations, you know, partners and roommates and, um, co-workers and community members and everything else. I have been in the company of an innumerable amount of people who are not familiar with and not responsible for the darkness within them. And when it emerges, it is more dangerous in light of that ignorance then the thing just the thing would be anyway you know like the habit or or the mode or the the frame of consciousness or the or the frequency in their field you know that the the danger of that thing is compounded by the person's ignorance of it whether that ignorance is willful or just genuinely clueless the person's ignorance of that thing makes that thing more unmanageable and unruly and ultimately much more dangerous. Because what we don't acknowledge in ourselves, we can't recognize when it emerges and we can't effectively manage it or take responsibility for it or even relate with it. If we haven't spent the time personally to know those parts of ourselves, to do the work with them, to integrate them, to bring them back into the fold of our own responsibility, then when they arise, we're likely to be in denial, we're likely to be ashamed, we're likely to be oblivious and to just resist and deny it in any way we can, because it may honestly feel like it's not there. It may be so foreign to us that we feel like it's not there and we don't understand what the other person is responding to or the field around us is responding to because we we honestly aren't familiar with that part of ourselves. Or it may so radically diverge from our own understanding of ourselves that To even conceptually allow for its presence can be terrifying and overwhelming and people may avoid it at all costs. I see it all the time. And another thing that I feel is critical to understand that most people can't even fathom is possible is that if you come into deep relationship with the darkness in your soul, you come into, into relationship with an incredible beauty that lives there. There is extraordinary beauty in grief and sorrow, in rage and pain of all kinds, when it is tempered through wisdom and compassion. And this extraordinary. Beauty. Latent in these places is something that as as well as the power we cut ourselves off from when we refuse to meet and acknowledge and integrate truly to behold with love those realms of our own being. I'm sure there are Songs you've heard that just make your whole body ache in the most gorgeous way. And those songs pour forth from the underworld in the creator's being. Those are eruptions of the depths of soul through the lens of the artist as a gift to the world. And every one of us has that kind of beauty in our being if we're willing to be brave and meet ourselves in the places where we fear ourselves. So, this is my invitation to you, my friends. (laughs) that's my kitten (laughs) my invitation to you is to move towards the darkness in your soul with the same reverence and curiosity with which you move towards what you consider to be the light of your being let the darkness of your soul be there in all of its facets and just behold it, just come into relationship with it, just begin to weave yourself back together by meeting it and accepting it and allowing it to have a voice in the counsel of your being in the course of your days. Love yourself so much that you make a home for it in your being and end the exile of any part of your soul. You may be surprised by the beauty that emerges when you do. For now, I leave you with these thoughts, these feelings, and this poem. This is Unarmed, featuring guitar work by Ananda Vaughn, one of my dearest friends and from my album, Wild Irises. Thank you so much for joining me. I pray you are well fed. Ciao. And so I ask of you, beloved, but no, I am begging. Please, go into the darkness unarmed. Leave your candle and leave your lamp. Go into the darkness unarmed and let the night enfold you. Become silence. Become stillness. Become the shade you are when no light bends against you. And in this way, become Don't grasp after the light, the dawn will come, it always comes. For now, let linger this enveloping darkness, rise and fall in the breath of the night. Lay down your armor, your hunger for light, your addiction to doing. Rest into the vast body of the darkness, knowing this midnight forest is the rest of you. You have been enjoying the Art of Soulful Living podcast with myself, Maitreya Wolf, as your guide. It has been such a pleasure to share with you in this way. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here with me. The Art of Soulful Living is my session-based mentoring work as well as this podcast. Weaving counseling, movement, meditation, and various healing elements, the goal of the work is to heal trauma, cultivate wisdom, and foster greater empowerment in your life. To learn more about it and to explore working together, visit MaitreyaWolf.com forward slash mentoring and fill out the contact form on that page to schedule a free 30-minute consultation. I am able to work remotely, so if you're not in Nevada County, California, but are still interested, do reach out. Things are possible. I'm also a performing musician, storyteller, and teacher. You can learn more about me and my offerings by visiting my website at mitreawolf.com, where you will find recordings of my original music, videos, writing, and more. If you're interested in hosting me for a concert or another event, you can contact me through the site. And again, that's mitreawolf.com. Find me on Facebook and Instagram under the name Wolf Sacred Arts, and if you're interested in supporting my work, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash There are so many ways to connect, and your support means the world to me. I very much look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for joining me for the Art of Soulful Living podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out, and please rate and share it if you enjoy it. Wings are made of a thousand feathers. I welcome you to be one of mine. More to come, my friends. Many blessings.